Hi, uh, Samantha. Thank you for uh, joining us. Um, I thought maybe we'd start today's conversation just having you tell me, because uh, we don't know one another very well, so why don't you tell me a little bit about you and... Um... Okay. Um, I am, yeah, I'm 30 years old. I work in logistics. I deal toilet paper all day, so my job during this pandemic has been a blessing. Um, I'm single. I have one little dog that is my whole entire life. Yeah, I love where I live. Um, and when you say you deal in toilet paper, mm -hmm. do you, you work for a toilet paper company? Yeah, I do. I work for uh, Georgia Pacific, so we deal oh, okay. with all the um, so, Costco toilet paper and stuff. So a year ago, at the beginning of this pandemic, and we were all having toilet paper shortages. I wasn't. Yep. You weren't, obviously. <laughs> were you selling it on the black market? No, I gave a lot of gifts, though. A lot of gifts of big, um, huge cases. Did, did that take you guys by surprise that toilet paper would uh, run out I, for everyone? That yeah, people would be I, hoarding it? I, I definitely didn't expect that. But I had just started the job, like, right before everything shut down. So I actually didn't know we got complimentary toilet paper in that in my role so when they were like here's your loot for the you know three months or whatever, I was like oh this is great okay now who, who needs some because I've got it <laughs> yeah that was that was the craziest thing I'm, I was like why toilet paper and or paper products you know I don't, I don't get it either yeah so are you from Portland I'm originally from Seattle but I've lived in Portland most uh, mostly since I was 18. Yeah. So uh, you said you were single. I'm single. I mean, I'm in a relationship, but I'm not married. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, how long have you been in your relationship? This one's short term. I've heard, uh, just shortly after Christmas. So just a oh, couple okay. months. New. Yeah. New. Yeah. Still in the, still in the, uh, the fun, fun honeymoon stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you, are you a relationship person? Yes, I don't do well sitting by myself. I'm an extrovert anyways, so I like to have just someone around. I've never yeah. lived alone. I always had roommates. I have lots of siblings, so I'm just not used to being by myself. Yeah, I'm a relationship person. I like being in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very comfortable and uh, with that. Um, have you had long-term relationships? I mean, yeah. you're only 30, so... Well, I was in a relationship with someone for seven years, so most of my 20s. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, 20 to just almost, yeah, I guess it was six and a half years, so 20 yeah. to almost, almost 27. And and you guys, I mean, that's a long time for for most people that seems like they would get married within that seven year. Yeah. Um, is, is, is marriage something you, well, I don't want to embarrass you here. <laughs> Nobody's I mean, asked yet. That's the problem. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me either, and I'm twice your age. <laughs> Maybe it's a blessing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so tell me about um, tell me about that that long term relationship. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, we met. I worked in auto parts. We met at an auto parts store. Um, I don't know. We were just young. He was 21. Yeah. I was 20. And 
I liked oh, wow. red hair and he had a giant red beard. So I was all in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, just quickly moved in together, did everything together. Yeah. Very similar people, but um, both had some traumas in our lives that kind of made us incompatible in the long term. But just being young, we just always pushed yeah. through, broke up, got back together, broke well, up, got back together. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, and sometimes you just, relationships have a, a short shelf life, if you mm-hmm. will, sometimes. And that's all they're, they're meant to have, but they're, they get you to, to point B sometimes or that next where you need to be, yeah. you know, spiritually or emotionally or what have you, you know, it's, it's a good stepping stone, um, for, I definitely learned a lot from it, for sure. I learned what yeah. I do want and don't want. Yeah. yeah. So what did you learn that you want? Um, somebody who wants to be around me, I think. Is- <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned that I, I need to uh, just be okay with being myself. And if that person that I'm with doesn't accept me for who I am, in my weird bizarre way then that's not it's just not right for me yeah i agree i'm the same you know they have they have to accept all my weirdness yeah um <laughs> yeah i'm unapologetically myself now and <laughs> yeah me too what it is i get called out sometimes but you know i'm like hey you know what you, you know what you got <laughs> yeah i was like this from the very beginning i'm not changing now i didn't i didn't i wasn't hiding anything no it wasn't a front i really am this weird <laughs> Good for you. I like I like the weird people. Yeah. I'm comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that we um, we wanted to talk about a specific story mm-hmm. of yours, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's a complicated issue, and often I think misunderstood. And there's a lot of um, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm looking, sorry, I'm looking for language here. I guess there's a lot of uncomfortability for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's like taboo. Um, yeah, it's taboo and and it's qu- quite common, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and here we are, we're dancing around a particular <laughs> word. And part of that is me. Um, you know, I know that you had a miscarriage a few yeah. years back. Yeah, five years ago. And I, I, you know, I'm I'm a male, uh, I'm a gay male. I don't, you know, so I haven't experienced it like with a partner or, you know, I do know people who have had miscarriages. But, you know, as as you know, you know, I've been, we want to do a podcast around this topic. And so, you know, we reached out to a few people and they reached out to people to see if they wanted to share their stories. And it was something that, you know, quickly we had quite a few people who wanted to share their stories. And I began to hear and, and you know, read up and I've learned a lot and, a, you know, which is probably only a fraction, but of how, you know, of, of language around this topic and, you know, that, 
it's really, it feels like, to me, one of the things I've learned is that it feels like language really needs to, to change, where, it, where the onus doesn't fall on a woman. So with that, and I know that was a long sort of lead in, but would you, would you mind sharing your story? Yeah, of course. Um, first of all, I'd like to say, I think most of the people who have gone through this, they just want to be listened to. And since most people don't talk about it, they don't even know what they need to say. They don't know what they need to get out. Um, so when they do start talking about it and people go, uh, uh, and it makes them uncomfortable, then you feel like did I, it just solidifies or validates that feeling in your brain that you're doing something wrong, that you did something wrong, that it's your fault, you feel guilty. Um, so this is a really great thing you guys are doing because for me, I went looking for somebody, something in writing, podcast, something that I could relate to. And I, it was really hard to find. So I think this are, is great. Are there support groups? There are, um, like on Facebook, you can find them. But it's yeah. almost like I spent a little bit of time on there. Um, but it was at a point where... I felt like I was just sitting in the pain and I wasn't doing anything to help myself. I was just hearing the sadness, the sadness, the sadness. So it felt good to know that I wasn't alone, but those stories were being told and this is what's happening to me. I'm in pain. I'm hurting. I lost my baby. It wasn't, I went through this. Now these are the steps I'm taking to recover uh, or anything to the help the helping yourself get out of it or out of the funk or whatever it is. Um, and I recognize that, thank God, because I could have sat there for a long time just dwelling. And I did sit there a long time just dwelling in the sadness. Yeah. And did you have anybody you could share this with? Um, luckily, what about your partner? Oh, yeah. No, that it was not good. We were young and he was especially um, not ready. So when I told him he wasn't thrilled, when I told him I was uh, pregnant, uh, he wasn't, I, I think it was just shock. He wasn't excited, he wasn't sad, um, but he just wasn't there mentally and I needed somebody to be there for me. Or I'm guessing emotionally. Emotionally, mentally, physically, honestly, there was, he just kind of was absent. He was, yeah. we had other things going on. Um, his mom had cancer and his brother was stationed across the country in the military. Um, so he was going through all of that stuff. So he, I think he was just kind of drained anyways. But um, yeah, I, it wasn't a priority for him in that time. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. So... Do you want to share a little bit about the story itself? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start with how I found out because it was, I, I didn't ever, well, I don't want to say I didn't ever want kids. I wasn't sure if I ever wanted kids. I was, I think I was 25 and um, I went on a jog and I am, um, bigger a bigger girl so I have to wear like five sports bras and uh I still felt like it felt like my nipples were attached to my ribs like inside like any movement hurts so bad and I just 
thought maybe I was going to start my period. I, I have painful breasts anyways when I'm going to start my period, but it just something was like lingered in my head about it. I was like, this is, seems a little bit, it was too uh, pinpointed. Like usually it's just the tissue around my whole breast that hurts, but this one was like so specifically my nipple. Um, so I just took a pregnancy test in the morning and I called my aunt and she was the first person to find out. So, so you immediately, did you immediately think, oh, I might be pregnant because this felt different? Um, yeah, I was like, probably not. Cause I've had, I had had scares in the past, but, um, this one was a little diff. It just felt different. Something felt different. Like I, I kind of was, I think in denial about it maybe, but I also was like, oh, I might, I have a pregnancy test and might as well just take it. What's the harm? Yeah. And the line was super, super faint. I think even in the picture that I sent to my aunt, she was like, I don't see a second line. I was like, it's there. I can see it in person. I promise. Uh, and then I took another one, I don't know, a couple hours later, a couple days later, and it just got progressively, uh, the line was darker. So I definitely was pregnant. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So, yeah, so I told, I surprised my boyfriend that night with a bag with like pink and blue tissue paper inside with the test. And, and that was kind of dumb too, because the, the, test was so faint the line was so faint he couldn't even see it he thought it was a joke he's like okay you're not pregnant I was like look closer I am pregnant um yeah and then he was just like okay cool and then played some video games or something <laughs> um I'm trying to think it's been five years now so I I yeah well how, I mean well what were you feeling at that time well it just takes over your whole life i mean every it's all consuming it's you i mean especially for the woman i assume because you're now like i have to change everything i can't have my night wine or beer or whatever it is i can't um i can't was a have sushi yeah no sushi no i was a cigarette smoker at the time so i was like well i guess that's done and uh yeah just everything is you can't I worked in auto parts, so I was continuously like lifting heavy things and it was like a workout all day and I can't, you shouldn't bend a certain way, you shouldn't lift heavy stuff. So I just, it takes over everything in your life, every decision, every movement. I was, am, it was and still am terrible at taking vitamins and stuff, but it's like, well, I'm not doing this for me anymore. So it became a big priority. I carried them with me um, and you just start you just start dreaming about the life that you're creating and what it's going to be like when they come out. Um, what are they going to look like? Are they going to have red hair? You know, uh, what, what it, you start coming up with names and yeah, I, it, it, it literally is just all consuming. It takes over everything. I didn't expect was... to be so joyful. I didn't realize that I had wanted to be a mom until I saw that positive mm -hmm. test. And maybe it was just something in you was like, oh, well, I've, I'm doing this. So, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and you're, maybe your body just kicked in like, okay. I don't you know, know maybe if it was it's, maybe it's hormone or related or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But it was like, it was like this, like screw everything else you're doing. Cause this is now your reason <laughs> for life. Like right. nothing else matters. It was 
everything. And I didn't expect that. Like I said, I didn't know I wanted kids until yeah. I, I saw that. And then it was like, this is now, I don't care about anything else. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that from other women. Like I, I didn't want kids and all of a sudden they were pregnant and they were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like this flood of whatever hormone you're just, it's well, overdrive. You're like, I'm mom now. Well, yeah, it's that, you know, um, that I guess it's just nature. You know, that nurture kicks in. Nature kicks nurture in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, so then, like, okay, did did you start, other than your aunt, did you start telling people? And if so, how quickly? Yeah, so I had heard of other people miscarrying, so I was really adamant about not going online, not going on social media, um, not posting anything about it, but we decided to tell our parents and our siblings. So I have a lot of siblings. Um, he has one sister, one brother. Um, so we told those people and I knew word would get out between the, <laughs> somebody's got a loud mouth on each side. So right. As, I was like, as long as you don't post it on Facebook, because that would be horrible to have to go, oopsies, which, yeah. you know, I didn't want to have to go through that. So thank God I did that. Um, yeah, so I everybody was excited. His mom had cancer at the time, a pretty aggressive type of cancer. So it kind of just felt like this was the good news that we needed to, like, keep her fighting. And yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, and his, you know, his mom and his grandma lived together. So they were just elated they couldn't wait i had a great relationship with them too they've both since passed um oh but um yeah i loved them dearly so it was really nice to have them excited for us yeah but my my mom i love her but she she said stuff like come on let me tell people let me um post it online or let me tell somebody and i was really serious no, I just, I can't let you do it. Cause if something happens, I'll, I'll have to be the one that tells people it's, yeah. it's a yucky feeling. And, um, she's like, don't worry, Samantha, everyone in our family has very healthy pregnancies. We're all very fertile. And so that's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I know she wasn't meaning any thing bad by that, but it, Later, when I did miscarry, it hurt so much to to just go, well, I must be the reason. Like, I'm the one that can't have this healthy pregnancy. I can't carry it or what. It's my yeah. fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. Yeah. And I'm guessing that a lot of women feel that. That, that it's their so. fault. I think you know. that they don't. I feel like, yeah, it's like a weird mix of emotions because you're like, I know that's not a normal thought and it's not true but it's like inside you're like oh what have I done yeah you know but it goes back to you know some of that is the way we frame things with language you know Mm -hmm. she lost a baby right you know she miscarried where Mm -hmm. it it feels like the onus is on the woman like she has done something wrong you know and I and I just wonder if if we need to reevaluate the language around miscarriages, you know, where we could, you know, where maybe it doesn't feel like 
the onus is on the woman where she has done something wrong. Even though I don't think people blame the woman. It's just the you language know, but, sounds like it. Yeah, but the language yeah. sounds like it. And, you know, and I'm sure many, many women, you know, just feel as, as you probably did where, what did I do? Yeah, big time. But I think about what the alternative was for me when I did um, find out that the baby or, you know, it wasn't viable. That was what the doctor called me and said. And that just made it feel like it wasn't a baby at all. So I don't know what the alternative would be to, I, I don't mind that um, she lost the baby or she lost yeah. that baby because that is, that is what happened. Yeah. It's, um, but, I could see ooh. how that would be, maybe it's like a, an, the onus on you. Yeah. But the non-viable thing, that was the hard part for me where they just didn't, they treated it like it was a tumor. Yeah. That you, you needed out. Yeah. That's, that's tough. You know, um, Wow. Non-viable. That's, yeah, they, they need to change that. I mean, I'm sure that in medical terms, it's very specific and, and whatnot, but, yeah. you know, and um, so what was the experience of this like? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I was so excited to go, like, just go see the dot, like, see the heartbeat, hear the heartbeat. I, I made an appointment as soon as I possibly could, which was at, um, I think it was nine or ten weeks. Uh, or maybe so you were was, almost at the end of the first trimester. Right. So I <clears throat> maybe, sorry, I'm the details are a little fuzzy. I I think it was maybe... I feel like it was nine or 12 weeks, something like that was the timeline where my first ultrasound was going to be uh, scheduled. And then when I got there, they didn't let me see the screen, which I just thought was normal because, you know, things like this do happen. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I thought they'd be like, okay, now here it is. Like turn the screen towards me. Um, but they didn't, they kept the screen. The nurse uh, just sat there in silence. She wouldn't answer any questions. She wouldn't talk to me at all. Uh, and as soon as it was done, she said, okay, um, we're done here. The doctor will call you. And I mean, you just walk out of there going, what the hell just happened? Like what's yeah. happening? No, somebody tell me something, please. Right. Cause I'm going to yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. That feels very cold to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess who does, who's supposed to deliver the news? The nurse is probably like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I get, I wouldn't want to deliver that news, Yeah. but then the doctor's probably so like has to do this so often that when she called me, she was like, okay, well, uh, there's no baby there. You know, the, it's not viable. It just felt like very like take out the trash. So she, um, she said, uh, do you want to do this um, surgically or do you want to do it naturally? Or do you, you know, do you want me to give you a pill? You can, it'll speed up the process uh, to get rid. She, I think she said, get rid of it. I might be making that up, but that's the way it felt. It was just yeah. like, get rid of it. Right. Uh, and that's, I mean, if that's, yeah, if that's how you felt, that's, that is the words, you know yeah. I mean? Cause it, yeah, that's how they made you feel. 
did they did they offer any like a chaplain or a social no. worker or no. any, nobody for you to talk to? Nobody even acknowledged me as I left the building. Um, I had had a friend go with me because I can't remember my I think my boyfriend was had to work or go play disc golf or something important. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, I feel terrible for her because she's like, uh, like, I don't know how to comfort. This was supposed to be a joyous moment that I wanted to be here for you for. And now I'm a blubbering mess and nobody will tell me anything. And she has yeah. two kids. So I think she knew what was up, but she doesn't want to be the one to deliver the news either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't, there was no, I, I had nothing. I had no one that I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how I was going to feel. Um, I went home. I decided to do it naturally. No meds or anything to speed it up. I figured I would just, I, from what I've heard, it's like a heavy period. Um, what I experienced was definitely not that it was um oh so what had happened was they said the doctor said that it had become non-viable at eight or nine weeks so i think that's why i think i had the ultrasound at like 10 to 12 weeks because it had been i guess a couple weeks since it had it stopped yeah. growing um but you have to think about in those nine weeks or 10 or 12 weeks that how many days is that where you wake up and go, I'm pregnant. I got my little baby in my belly. Right. And, I, and, you're, and you know, you're starting to think, am I going to take those fun Instagram pictures where your belly progressively gets bigger and, you know, your close friends start buying you little trinkets or sending you uh, Pinterest outfits and just cute stuff. And you're just yeah. filled with so much excitement and joy. And then all of a sudden it's done. It's gone. Did and you have to just go back to normal. Yeah. Were you, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know about you, but if it had been me, I probably would have uh, been planning out their life. What, That's you know, all what you do all day long. You know, you're at work and you're just on autopilot and you go, oh, Archer. If it's a boy, we were going to name it Archer. Archer James. Oh, Archer, you're going to be good at baseball. We love baseball. And, you're, you know, we're going to do all this stuff. And, yeah, you just start planning everything. You're like playing out all of the weird conversations you're going to have like you do with any kid. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. He's definitely going to be a weirdo. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, that's what I mean. It's all consuming. You, I don't know how, I don't know how anybody isn't just focused on that 24 seven all day long throughout their entire pregnancy. Right. It's so fun. Yeah. Being excited. So, so in that moment where, you know, when you found out, were you just, was it just numb? Like a, a form of shock or something or? I think you... I tried to think about it rationally, but I just spiraled. Um, I think if I had had a partner that was more supportive at the time, um, I would have been better off. Uh, but since I decided to do it naturally, I waited for four weeks before I actually started to bleed, which is another long span of time to just know um, that you're carrying around your dead baby 
I like Oof. to say that I was a walking coffin. Like I'm just carrying yeah. around this thing that brought me so much joy for a short amount of time, you know, nine, 10, 12 weeks. Now it's dead and I, it's inside me. Yeah. Uh, and that was like torturous. I, I, I questioned, I'm like, am I making the right decision? But there was some weird part of me that was like, you deserve to feel this. Like something you did made this baby die. So now you're going to sit through the pain of having to carry it and then having to like pass it. So again, you were blaming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I knew in my mind that it was wrong of me, but it was almost like a glutton for punishment it was like some i could blame something why not blame me because i not having any reason was worse yeah i i would rather i I, just going well it just didn't work out that that wasn't enough for me i needed needed something yeah i needed i needed to go it's probably because i smoked cigarettes for so many years before that or you know, maybe I had drank before the day before I found out or something, you know, something I did is the reason that was the best way for my brain, not the healthiest way, but the (laughs) easiest way for my brain to cope. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what was the, so it took another four weeks, like what is going on in your head? I mean, just, are you thinking about anything else? other than waiting for this thing? I mean, you you just have to, yeah, no, I, it was another thing that was just all consuming. I mean, I started, I was unbelievably depressed. I mean, I was, I started smoking again. I was drinking super heavily. Um, I was going to work and the few people at work that did know, I had to tell them. And that I just, I just remember crying, just crying for what felt like years, honestly. Like, I feel like I just stopped crying like a month ago. Um, Did, now, was there anybody in your corner? Anybody supportive? Yeah, I have, my aunt is like my mom. She's always there for me. Um, I had a boss that was super, super supportive. Thankfully, I worked in auto parts, which is mostly male-based company, but I had the one female VP was my direct supervisor, and it turned out she had uh, miscarried at 20 weeks when she was younger, which is, I mean, that kind of thing where it's like it hits home, and then you're like, it puts it in perspective a little bit, and she was my like guiding light through all of it. I, if I had not had her and I had to continue going to work after I started bleeding, I, I don't know. I, I might've killed myself, honestly. Like I was to the point of suicidal. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, yeah, she was the best. Sorry. It's okay. She told me to uh, come to work if I could. 
and I just needed some sort of uh, some sort of stability. So I, I did keep going to work, but um, in those four weeks. But um, she said as soon as I started bleeding to not come into work for any reason until it was done. And I don't think that many people have that uh, support from their boss. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Because you shouldn't have to work when you're going through that. I mean, I don't know how anybody would. It's so painful. I mean, even after the physical pain is done, you're still just reeling. <sighs> yeah, she was, um, she was an angel. And she gave me great advice. And she told me kind of what to expect in the next coming months and years. And she nailed all of it. Everything she said was exactly right. <sighs> she said that this was going to be the biggest... I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but the biggest mind fuck of my life. And it definitely was. It, it, even when you start to feel like you're getting past some of it, it hits you randomly. You're just at a store and somebody has a kid named Archer or whatever the kid name you picked out or has red hair or has something that you looked forward to. Um, and it just knocks you out you just fall apart and you didn't you don't expect it <sighs> did you you know after after um after this did you do any sort of ceremony um did you know i'm any and you know what did you do for your to mourn this loss um, I don't know that I did really do that. Um, when I f started to actually physically miscarry, um, I was at home. I started to bleed on a Thursday at work. Bonnie, my boss, told me, go home. Don't come back till it's done. And... So I went home and it did for a day and a half felt just like a regular period, just kind of a little painful, a little uncomfortable. So I was like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. And then Friday night in the middle of the night, I woke up drenched in sweat with the worst cramps. I haven't had kids since, so I don't know what birth is like really, but I can only imagine this is what contractions feel like because it was the most excruciating pain. I was screaming. I vowed never, I'm never going to get pregnant again. I don't want this. This is too much. I was hot and then I was cold. So I worked my way to the bathroom. I was on the toilet. I was on the floor because the floor was cold. I was back on the toilet and it was just 
it felt like my body was trying to squeeze all my organs out of me. Like everything in me just was tensed up and I, I have the urge to push, like push all of it out. I wanted it out. And then once it started to kind of subside, I found myself digging through the toilet to try and find something. I thought if I saw something that I'd, I'd know it, my baby, I'd know the piece of or meat or whatever it would, I don't even know what it would look like, but I knew if I found it, I'd know. Yeah. And then I was like, what am I going to do with it? If I do find it, what do I, do I bury it? Do I put it in a jar? I don't know. This is so morbid. I was just having this mental warfare with myself going, what are you doing? But I couldn't bring myself to flush it down the toilet either. Yeah. It was really bizarre. Again, I think that we need to figure out like what to do in these situations, you know, have some rituals where people can have some closure, you know, what to do with what, because you, you gave birth. It feels, you know, I mean, you're, it just, yeah. Yeah. Have you, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, do you know if like say in it, these chat rooms or, you know, like on Facebook or whatever it is, you know, I mean, did you see where anybody else, is there rituals for this sort of? I saw people get like um, tattoos or something in memory, but a lot of it was because those women were a little further along. They knew the gender, they knew, you know, they had a definite name picked out so they could do that. Um, But yeah, I don't know what sort of like ceremonial I don't, I don't know that I could have done anything then because I didn't want it to feel so final. Yeah. Like I, I really don't know what I wanted or could have done. It, it was, I didn't want it to be over. I, I was not, um, I was not okay with the reality that I was in. And so I fought everything. Yeah against it my brain just was not it was not on my team yeah i don't know what i mean what do people do i don't know i don't know i think people should I just, talk about it so we can well I, I do i do too and that's you know i'm i'm hoping that you know because it feels like maybe there should be some sort of ritual where you know you get to you get to say goodbye you get to have a proper burial or whatever that is, you yeah. know, where with, with your baby, with that, yeah. with that, un, with that child. That, or at least the idea of it. Because the idea, the idea, right, the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. Cause it is, it's, you, you, you just have to let go of a life that you just planned your whole life, their whole life, your whole life. Yeah. And then it's just over and you're supposed to just go, okay, well, you're young. You can try again later <laughs> or uh, must have, not been right you know bad timing yeah this is a blessing in disguise i don't know why anybody would ever say that because losing Um, your baby is not a blessing so so now that we're on this topic what would you like to say to women who are in your situation or have been in your situation or may find themselves in your situation and also what would you like to say to those people who who love them 
and and want to want to help them, mm-hmm. but maybe they don't have words, or maybe they say things like you know, like it was only a few weeks, get over it, or yeah. you know, it's all for the best, or you're so young. Any of those things that probably feel incredibly insensitive, but it's just that maybe they say it out of ignorance because they don't know what to say to try to make you feel better. Yeah. Um, I always say now that I am in a club that nobody wants to be in, um, but more people are in this club that than you think. So uh, just know you're not alone. There are lots and lots and lots of women that have gone through or are going through something similar. And the more you talk about it, as much as it makes people uncomfortable, the more you talk about it with people, with strangers, I don't care, whoever you need to talk, when you need to talk about it, talk about it. Um, Somebody will always, every time I brought it up, somebody either pulls me aside privately, messages me privately and goes, oh my God, I am going through that right now. Or I went through the same thing. Thank you. Uh, I still, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I'm still saddened by it. So I'm, you know, they're glad that somebody's talking about it. Um, for the people who want to be supportive for somebody going through it, I would just say, just listen. Don't, you don't have to say anything because at least for me, I didn't know what I wanted to hear. I just knew when somebody said something that was wrong, it was wrong. Like, you know, well, you're still young. You can try again. I don't know what the right thing would have been to say. So I feel like maybe just not saying anything or maybe just saying, Hey, I'm here for you. If you need me, um, let these like grieving mothers figure out their boundaries because as you're in your twenties, your thirties, everyone around you is having babies, getting married, doing all these fun life things. And it just got ripped away from them. So if they can't, if they block you on your social media because they don't want to see your ultrasound pictures, it's not because they're not happy for you. It's because they're devastated for themselves. Um, I think that's been one of the hard parts is people think that we're not complex enough to have multiple emotions. I am so happy for my sisters and brothers to have these babies but I have to protect my own heart and mind and, and health, brain health. I, yeah. have, I, I haven't even met some of my nieces and nephews because I didn't want their baby showers, their births to become my pity party. And I, I had to make those boundaries and a lot of those people are not happy about it. They're still not happy about it. I don't have great relationships with some of my friends and family members because I had to set those boundaries. So just know that these mothers that go through miscarriages, we're just trying to figure it out too. We don't know, because it's not talked about, we don't know what course to take. We just know what hurts. Yeah. And we'd want the pain to stop. Um, So just be patient and listen, because that's, we want to talk about it without feeling like it's our fault. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Sam, for sharing your story. I know it's really personal 
you know, but I do think that there will be other women and people who want to be supportive, mm -hmm. who need to hear this and, and will really benefit from your story. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. I, I wish I could have heard this when I was going through it. I needed desperately to know that there is hope. You will feel better. You just have to like take care of your mind and set your own boundaries. Um, this is going to be really beneficial for people. Thank you.